All right. I, I really just want to have a shout and fit and continue on from there, but I'll go ahead and settle down and preach. I can't wait to get to heaven. I don't have to worry about what people think about me anymore. <laughs> you all think alike up there. Yeah, glory, amen. All right. Anywhere in your Bible is good, right? Re Revelation 19. Revelation 19, put a piece of paper there, put something there, I'm coming there. And um, preaching along the lines of the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't know when it's going to stop. It may never stop. It's the most important thing ahead of you if you're saved. If you're saved, the most, that's the most important event you'll be at is the, is the judgment seat of Christ. And I trust you get an understanding of that through this study. And take your Bible also and go to, uh, uh, go to 1 Corinthians. No, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, Revelation 19, let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, appreciate that song, Lord, what a blessing, appreciate the young ladies who sang it, Lord, thank you for saving their soul, thank you for washing their sins away, Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, and Lord, I pray, Lord, as we preach tonight, that message will go out, Lord, and to each heart here, Lord, and every one of us will search our heart, Lord, and know whether we're in the faith. Lord, I pray, Lord, everyone in this room saved. Lord, if we search, we find, Lord, there's a time when we have not yet received Jesus Christ as our Savior. I pray tonight would be the night. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are again at the judgment seat of Christ and preaching on that subject here. And just so you can get a little understanding, I'll back up just a little bit just to make sure we have an understanding of where we're at. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Pick it up, if you would, in verse number uh, 12. Um, no, 9. Wherefore we labor, we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now understand the context is laboring. He's going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to talk about laboring. He's going to talk about those that stand at the judgment seat of Christ. So let me just pause there for a second and let you understand who he's speaking to because it does matter in the Bible who he's speaking to. And here Paul is writing to Christians, writing to saved believers, writing to those that when you get saved, you get baptized, Romans chapter 6, into the body of Christ. Water has nothing to do with saving a person. Anybody can be dunked in water all they want. All you're doing is getting wet. That's it. You cannot add water to your salvation. We do not believe repent and be baptized for your salvation. It's not how you get saved today. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves is the gift of God. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. So if there ever been a time in your life where you have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's simply you come by faith, trust that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day there for your sin and my sin, shed his blood on Calvary's cross. It was accepted as payment for the Father, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the only salvation there is is in Jesus Christ. If you add anything else to it, you're lost. Amen. Well, I don't believe that, preacher. It doesn't matter if you believe it. It's still true. So you must believe it. You must come God's way. I'm so tired of people saying, well, you have your way and I have my way. No, there's only one way, and it's God's way. You're not arguing with the preacher on that. You're arguing with God on that. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will lose that argument. You think you're all big and bad down here, and oh, I got my way, and I study, and I'm smart. Intellect puts a lot of people in hell. Don't let your intellect take you to hell. Well, you know, I just think I'm, you're not smarter than God. Amen, amen. You, you put your smartness up to God's smartness and you realize how, how, what, how unsmart you are. That's not even a word. 
Tired of, uh, listen, I don't want to go, anyone to go to hell because I talked to somebody just the other day. And they said, well, if God wants to put me in hell, put me in hell. Well, you know what? God will put you in hell someday. And you know what? He'll laugh when he does it. You know who gets the last laugh? God does. You know what he says in the book of Psalms? He'll laugh at your derision. What kind of God is that? A God that would save your soul tonight? A God that would take you to eternity? A God who sent his son to die on Calvary's cross, shed his blood for you, pay the price you could not pay, make a way to heaven that you could not make? All you have to do is receive it as a free gift. If you reject that, the Bible calls you a fool. Only a fool says there's no God. A fool would say no to God. You know what he'll do? As he's casting you into the lake of fire someday, and you're shouting amen, you'll hear the laughter of God. And you know what happens after that? He'll never remember you. You think you're so important, I'll be remembered all my life. If you're lost and you die without Jesus Christ, not God himself won't remember you. He says, Father, uh, depart from me, for I never knew you. Think it's important to get saved? It's the most important thing you have in your life. Besides, there's nothing on this earth more important than being saved, getting saved. Nothing. Nothing. Why? Because here he's talking to those that go to a judgment seat of Christ, and the only ones who go to the judgment seat of Christ, there's two judgments in that Bible, and those that go to the judgment seat of Christ are those that have received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and in the body of Christ. When we get raptured out of here, you go by the box, one day you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ when the tribulation time's taking place on this earth. Can I just tell you tonight, listen, if you're lost and the rapture happens right now, I pray this whole room empties. I pray it's just here with blood stains everywhere. Amen. You don't take your blood with you. Thank God. You needed his blood. <laughs> As we heard yesterday with some great preaching, you got tainted blood, man. You got a blood issue problem. Your blood can't save you. Your blood can't cleanse you. Your blood can't do it. You need new blood. You need his blood. You need his righteousness. But if the rapture happens right now and the sound of the trumpet happens, man, we shoot through this place here. Thank God, man. I can't wait for that. Shut off the thing that's just, just destroying me, my flesh. Leave that thing behind. Never have to worry about it again. I'm glad my flesh doesn't catch up to me in heaven, man. I'm glad I leave this miserable thing down here. Amen. It's shouting ground. I'm trying to get you excited about heaven. I'm trying to get you excited. If you're not going there, get there. Get saved tonight. Nothing else matters in this world. I don't care what anybody's telling you there. The Bible says, what's the, what's, the prophet, what's the prophet of man if he gained the whole world and lose your soul? We shoot out of this place. We raptured out of here. And if you're not saved, you know what happened? You'd be sitting right in that chair. I should get you a little bit. What do you mean I'd be sitting here? Yeah, you'd be sitting there. Well, what do I do? Well, get saved now. <laughs> well, I don't know. Church age will be over then. What I'm preaching for us today, the doctrine for us today will be over when the rapture happens. It'll go back to the Jews. It'll go back to a different gospel. It'll go back to uh, 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 the angels preaching to you. It'll go back to Moses and Elijah. It'll go back to not taking the mark. It'll go back to righteousness and uh, faith and works. It'll go back to a whole lot of things. You know, the best opportunity you have is right now. Second Thessalonians tells you there's strong delusions being sent by God. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. 
Well, I'm just not ready yet, preacher. Well, what makes us think you're going to be ready tomorrow or the next day or the next day? You don't want to be ready? Now. Now. What else there is to work out? Well, I'm just not quite sure yet. So you're going to tell God he's a liar? You're willing to say, God, the Bible, the Bible, God's word says God cannot lie? You're saying, God, I don't believe you? I don't know about you, but I'll take God's word over any man's word. Well, I don't care, preacher. You will. You will. And those smirks and those derisions and those laughters and those mockings and all the things that the lost do, say, don't need God, curse God, oh, I'll just go to hell and have a party. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no party in hell. The Bible talks about hell, it says it's a place of torment. A place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. A place of outer darkness. A place where you burn. A place where it seems like you return back to a maggot and are on the sides of the walls of hell, but your soul is there and it's burning. And it never, never stops. Preacher, what kind of God would create that place like that? He didn't create it for you. He didn't create it for you. He created it for the devil and his angels. You know what he did for you? He sent his son to die for you. That's what he did for you. Why not take that free gift of salvation? What is it in this world that would stop you from wanting to be saved? To live for what kind of pleasure, what you can gain in this world, what you can get in this world. I'm going to tell you what, you'll never find satisfaction in this world. Never. That's why they keep having to go more and more and more and expand themselves out and expand themselves out. And the wickedness is expanding and all the things are going that direction. Because they can't find it. They can't find what they're looking for when you can only find it in Jesus Christ. So are you saved? You know right now, if you drop dead right now, you go to heaven? Say, preacher, how do I know? Well, I don't know. I just saw the article today, that little young man playing high school football, just walking off the field. Referee comes over to him, you okay? No. Medivac him to the hospital. Just a 16-year-old boy. Healthy, playing sports. Had a brain hemorrhage. And you're telling me you think you have time? You have now. Well, I pray you I'll just wake up tomorrow. Okay. But you know, if you do wake up tomorrow, you got now. Why not just get saved now? Why keep putting it off? Why? Well, here's what happens. Here's who he's talking to. Those that have gotten saved. I'm glad I got saved. I know when I got saved. I'm going to tell you what. Salvation is not an experience with God. It's not what that woman was over there running her yuckety-yuck mouth about yesterday. You know what she described? Something that Hollywood produces. Hollywood, I'll get to it later on. Oh, I got a lot of preaching on this thing, man. I told Brother John, this thing's opening up to me, man. I, I, it, it'd be better if you just went to heaven and let, let the Lord preach it to us. But it's coming. It's coming. But salvation is not an experience. Just because something was happening to you and you didn't die didn't mean you got born again. 
Just because you survived something that some medical doctor couldn't explain to you how you survived it does not mean you got born again. Just because you think you saw a vision of something does not mean you got born again. You get born again when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that he died, was buried, and rose again. No, you're a sinner on the way to hell, and you confess him as the Lord Jesus Christ, and you repent and turn to him and get saved. Have you done that? If you have, here's where you're heading someday. You're heading to the judgment seat of Christ. If you have not done that, and you go out into eternity and you die, you will go to another judgment. The Bible describes it in Revelation chapter 19. It's called the great white throne judgment. Others will be judged there, Old Testament saints. There will be saints that are judged there. They'll be judged for their works. But if you're lost, people that are in hell today, the only reprieve they may ever get from hell, and I don't know how to work at that time because heaven and earth uh, are, uh, are gone away at this time, and you're suspended out there in the universe, and there's a great throne on, out there in the universe at that time, and the Lord Jesus Christ is sitting on that throne. And thank God we are behind the Lord Jesus Christ if you're saved. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. I can't explain all that either out there, but you're in him, he's in you, you're part of him, part of that Godhead, and thank God. But there'll be a great white throne out there. And by the billions, by the billions, names will be called. You know what? I've heard Doc do it this way, and boy, it gets me. He draws it there with the Lord sitting on that throne and a book in front of him because there's a book. It's called the book of life. And if you're born again, your name is in the book of life. Thank God. Your name must be in the book of life. And so at that time, at that great white throne judgment out there, there's, he paints it with a book in front of him, and he's like, Michael, and he'll call off a name. Let's just go Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Michael. A's, H, hit, no sir. Bow the knee, Adolf. He'll bow the knee. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. At that time, he will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And at that time, the Lord will say, depart from me, for I never knew thee, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. And he'll be cast and as he's falling down into hell, his last words he'll say to the Lord is amen. And every lost soul that rejected Jesus Christ, you go to hell for rejecting Jesus Christ. God can save you from any sin. Thank God. Why? He saved me. He can save you. You don't go to hell because you ask, you go to hell because you reject the payment. And the payment was Jesus Christ. And if you're lost and you die without Jesus Christ, you'll stand at that throne, that great white throne judgment someday, and your name will get called, and he'll go through that book, and he will not find your name in the book of life. And at that time, you will. And all. You know what you'll do? You'll shut your mouth. You'll lower your knee. You'll bow and say, you truly are Lord Jesus Christ.
And you'll stand up. And you'll think, whoo, man, I'm glad I did that. And he'll say, it's too late. You did not bow willingly when you had the opportunity on that earth. You rejected my son. But I wanted you to know, before I cast you away, that he was who he said he was. And you will get cast into the lake of fire forever and ever 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 until God dies. And you know what? God's eternal. God never dies. Say, preacher, that's horrible. It is. You know what that should make you want to do? Get saved right now. That'll never happen to you if you get saved. I never have to worry about that my, my life. We sang that song, safe. I'm, I'm not alarmed. You know what I'm not alarmed about? I'm not alarmed about I'll ever go to hell. Why? If I went to hell, Jesus would be there. Why? Because he's in me and I'm in him. That comforts me, by the way. So preacher, I don't come to church for that. That's exactly why you come to church. To hear the preaching of the word of God. For somebody to tell you the truth. Amen. That world will lie to you. Others will lie to you. God will not lie to you. God's word is the truth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The preacher, I still don't believe that. Well, I don't know what else to convince you. You'll just take your day someday in court. And that's not a court I want to show up in. Because you will stand there, and you'll have to compare your works and your righteousness to his works and his righteousness. No comparison. So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he's talking about the judgment here, but it's not where sinners, lost people show up, it's where the saved show up. And if you're saved in this room tonight, this is where you're heading. You're heading to this judgment someday. This should be on the forefront of your mind every day of your life the Lord gives you. This should be what you're living for. This is what you're living for. I'm going to give you plenty of things to look at in your Bible and study in your Bible. Why? He's told you in Colossians, we're here to warn you and I'm here to warn you. I do not want any of you to be able to go to heaven someday and say, my preacher didn't tell me this. Your preacher's going to tell you and I'll put it on you to do with it what you want to do. But he clearly tells you in Colossians, you better be laying it up up there. And there's things that happen at the judgment seat of Christ. Look back here in verse number 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear. See, preacher, we all appear here. No, only the saved appear and only the body of Christ. Not even Old Testament saints, not tribulation saints, not millennial saints. I'm telling you, you we, we're so, so, so privileged people. This judgment's just for the body of Christ, just for the church age. But if he's going to set a judgment aside just for us, don't you think there's a little more to it than just we all show up there and we everybody gets a cookie and everybody gets the same in heaven? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men, 
but we are made manifest unto God. I'm going to tell you what I believe that terror of the Lord is at a different time, but I would like to get to where I was heading tonight. We're going to show up up there. And you're not going to give an account for your sin debt, praise God. Why? You get there in his righteousness. His righteousness. But boy, when you get there, you will be judged for your own works and what you did after you were saved for the Lord. Revelation 19, let's see if we can put some things together. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're still sitting here tonight lost, what I'm about ready to preach to you does not apply to you. This will apply only to those who are saved. I'm preaching to the body of Christ. I'm preaching to those that are saved tonight, right now. The message you have for someone who's never been saved is you must be born again. But here in Revelation 19, let's see what happens up here in glory and maybe get some of these garments and what we'll be doing. And I told you tonight it would be home met class. Look in verse number 7, please. The Bible says in verse number 7, and I'll get to the Mary Supper of the Lamb down the road. It takes place after, after the judgment seat of Christ. And it's something. You picture that one day. He said it in Sunday school. Maybe we said it in long today. I can't remember where it was. But you realize the Lord is going to serve you dinner? That's quite a waiter. <laughs> You're going to sit down. That's quite a family table, isn't it? And listen, you're saved, we're all in the same body. No matter where you're at around the world, we're all in the same body. We might have different local churches, but there's one body. Amen, amen. We don't divide the ball, you know, no, 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 man. We're bone of his own flesh of his flesh. And we're going to sit down at that table, and we're going to eat. Get to that down the road. But here's the Mary Supper of the Lamb. Look what happens. Before that, though, he says in verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. This is important, and his wife. It was amazing when he told those boys yesterday in prison that you're going to be married someday to Jesus Christ. You'll be the bride. They didn't flinch. You know, you tell someone there you're going to be a bride and you're a man, that kind of gets people like, I'm a man. I don't know, not in today's world, but should. But everyone in this room who's in the body of Christ, man or fe- male or female, we're the bride. And you are making herself, yourself ready. Look what he says. And his wife hath made herself ready. There are some things you have to do to make yourself ready for the wedding. I have referred to the judgment seat of Christ before as the great ironing board. Why? Because you're going to show up at the judgment seat of Christ and all your spots and wrinkles are going to get taken away. But look in verse number 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed. Now remember, you're showing up for a wedding. Ladies, this is why you wear a white wedding dress. This is what you are. It's a tight picture of being to Jesus Christ, those weddings. And I'll get to the coverings here in a moment here. It is interesting how the world takes it and wants to wear less and the Lord wants you covered even your wedding dress should cover you once you don't want to be when you get to the judgment seat of Christ is exposed he's going to talk about being naked and ashamed and not naked in the way we would do it but the same result of the shame that would come with if I was standing here tonight with no clothes on 
You do not want to show up to Jesus Christ not having a robe or a raiment, as I'll show you here in a moment. Well, how do I get that? Well, let's look at verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Drop down to 14, if you would, please. Let me show you what happens with this fine linen. You say, well, everybody will have this linen. Everybody will be robed. Everybody will be arrayed the same, not according to the Bible, which leans and seems, seems to indicate that when the battle of Armageddon takes place and the armies come back with them and we come back with him, only those here in verse number 14, please look, it says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in what? Well, verse number 8 says, she should be arrayed in fine linen, white and clean. Which indicates not everybody's going to show up at the judgment seat of Christ arrayed in fine linen, white and clean. Some will show up there naked and ashamed. See, the thought comes, well, I'm saved. What well, doesn't matter how I live my life? I'm telling you, according to that Bible, it matters how you live your life after you're saved. Not to keep yourself saved, but it matters when you get to the judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, you know, those that, that got saved and now they're off in the world like a demon and forsook the Lord for the love of the world and got out in the world and messed up in the world and didn't care about the things of God and just lived their life knowing they were saved and going to heaven but didn't care anything about God, didn't do anything for God, then they're going to get the same as some, some, somebody who sold their heart out to the Lord all the days of their life. No. It's not going to come out that way. You earn what you get at the judgment seat of Christ. It's not just given to you. Salvation is free. It's offered to everybody, given to everybody the same. But when you get to the judgment of Christ, you will earn what you get there. And so he reminds you and he tells you here. Seems like unless you have fine linen garments on, you're not going to follow him down. Why? Look again in seven. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Well, preacher, the Bible says, ask it from the Lord, present with the Lord. You're with him never to leave you, never forsake you. Listen, you get to heaven on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you're saved, we'll all be in heaven. Glory to God, hallelujah. Well, I'm just telling you, there's things that are going to happen when you get to the judgment seat of Christ, and it's not going to be the same for everybody. There'll be access maybe to places and things. I don't know how it works. Listen, I'm not dividing the body, but everybody in the body has the same opportunity to lay it up up there. Every one of us. You make the choice. Puts it on you. Why? Look back here if you would, please. <clears throat> you have the responsibility after you're saved. Listen, you have the responsibility after you're saved to live a life that is pleasing to Jesus Christ. Listen, even more than just a testimony that it brings to the outside world, and you should care about your testimony to the outside of the world. You are a light that shines. We are ambassadors. We do have the ministry of reconciliation. And your testimony matters. Your testimony should mean something to you. Amen. Should mean something to you. You should have a testimony at work. You should have a testimony to your neighbors. You should have a testimony to your family. You should have a testimony that you're saved, that you love the Lord, that you love him more than anything. But along those lines also, you should understand that at the judgment seat of Christ, the Lord's ability to reward you will be for the work that you've done after you are 
saved. That fine white linen is the righteousness of saints. He says it's white, purity, cleanliness. It shows. Now listen, go to, if you would, to Psalm 45. Psalm 45. It's a preacher, I just thought we went up to the judgment seat and that's it and we all get a cookie. I'm telling you, according to that Bible, it's rewards that you earn. Crowns that you earn. The works that you did for the Lord. I preached this morning about first giving them first place. You'll know when you get to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ whether you had first place or not in your decisions and in your life and what you did. And he is the righteous judge. <clears throat> so it's got a robe there, a robe. The righteousness it shows that you have put, listen, when you get that white, that purity, you're putting stitches in a garment that you spent your life down here making after you were saved. Understand this. When you get saved, when you got saved, when I got saved, you got covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Thank God. He imputed his righteousness to you. That's why you go home to heaven, by the way. That's what gets you there. The righteousness of Jesus Christ is what gets you there. Now, once you get up there, the covering that you've stitched yourself and how you lived on this earth and the righteous works soberly, righteously, and godly with that testimony out there, but not only that testimony out there, but the Lord looking down saying, yeah, you did that righteously. Yeah, that work was done godly. Yeah, you did that for me. Yes, you love me. You're sowing that thing in righteous. Your righteous works before the Lord. And boy, you're sowing a garment there. You're sowing your white raiment there. And boy, when you get up there, you'll have a covering on you. And there'll be others that got saved and did nothing for the Lord, didn't care about the things of God, everything they did did was for themselves to be seen and they'll show up there and they won't have the same garment we all get there on the righteousness of jesus christ you are covered tonight you got his imputed righteousness thank god that's why when god looks at you he sees you as clean and holy why he can deny me he cannot deny his son thank god you got in his son and got his son's righteousness that's why you don't want to show up at the great white throne and compare your righteousness to his righteousness But now you're sowing. Why? Look at Psalm 45. Try to run some things here. It gets real deep here. I might not get real deep tonight. I'll get back into it next week. I'm going to get into a whole thing about gold. The gold standard. And gold in your Bible. And show you how, what it is when you go through it. But I'm going to give you something just a little bit different here for right now. Look at 45.13. It says, The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. Now I'm going to come back to gold next week, but look at 14, please. She shall be brought up unto the king in raiment of needlework. So the king's daughter, so she's making something. She's making something out of needlework. All right, she's got something making here. She's making something. Look at verse number 14 again. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. When you get saved, now listen, it seems like the Lord hands you a needle, a thread. Well, preacher, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, how a needle, a thread, what am I? Well, the Bible tells you that when you get up there, there's going to be a robe, a garment that you are sewed down here, white, and clean 
And when you get up there, it'll be for your righteous works that you did down here. You get there on his righteousness. Do not get me wrong. You do not work to go to heaven. No work will get you saved. It was his finished work on Calvary's cross that saved you. You add works to salvation, you're lost. You're lost. Well, I take the sacrament, I take the wafer and the thing. You're lost. Well, I believe I just did good to people and I just, you know, love my neighbor and all that kind of stuff and be good to people and do the best. I, you're lost. You need the righteousness of Jesus Christ and that's imputed to you when you receive him as your savior. But there is a needlework of something being made. When you get saved, <clears throat> you're starting to make a garment for your wedding day. When you show up at the judgment seat of Christ, your garment will testify. Now listen, your garment will testify whether you live the life for the Lord, or if you live the life for yourself. How many hundreds and hundreds of messages? I'll just use us as the preachers. Have we preached? You know, we get thrown in the fire up there. You know what we're sowing, what we believe we're sowing. We get up here, we preach our hearts out and preach it for the Lord. Trust we do. Go minister, go over to the prisons, go do the things we do. But you know who ultimately will tell us if we did it for ourselves, if I did it for my own self, when I get to the judgment seat of Christ. The best I know with humility, and I serve the Lord with humility, get down there and say, Lord, I want to do this for you, Lord. I, I, I don't want any, any glory. You know, you know, it's two things that completely belong to God and nobody else. I've given you this many times. You might want to write it down. Glory, glory. All glory belongs to God. You do something for you to see glory, you did it for yourself. You did it to be seen. You get agitated because your name didn't get said because you didn't come. To, there's so many people that do so many things around here, and their name never gets said. I appreciate it because you know what? They never complain about it, never say anything about it. You know what that is? That's just wanting God to get glory. That's a blessing, man. That's how it should be. You know, those youngins, those young ladies get up here and sing and stuff like that, and they got out there like that and those kind of things. You get up here, get on their honors, dude. That's a blessing. But you know what they sang? They sang for the Lord. When you sing, you sing for the Lord. There's a difference. You can tell a difference when someone's singing just for them to be singing. You know, I don't want to do it because I'm on camera. If we black that camera out, I'd give you a real good solo right now. You know, you know hold the microphone and, you know. There's a difference. You know what those men understood yesterday when he was up there preaching? There's a difference. There's someone who's preaching up there just for the glory of God, trying to give you the truth, trying to keep you out of hell trying to get you on the right track, trying to give you right doctrine. And you got a bunch of other jokers coming through there just saying what they want to say, man, and all their stuff. There's a difference. And the Lord knows that. <clears throat> so you're sowing it, and you're going to show up at the judgment seat. And the Lord's going to know what you did, whether you did it for him or for yourself. You know how it's interesting to me? People want to control their own destiny, don't they? I'll control my own destiny. Well, you control it by this, get saved. Amen. Amen. Why? You're destined for hell unless you get saved. So yes, the Lord gave you a free choice, gave you a free will. You either choose him or you choose yourself. You choose yourself, you go off to eternity in hell. But you can change your destiny by receiving Jesus Christ. And he changes it. Then after that, isn't it something? 
that the Lord puts it back in your hands for what you earn at the judgment seat of Christ. He puts it back in your control. He gives you a free will. He says, I, listen, you got liberty. You got, I give you liberty, but that liberty is not to serve sin. But he gave us eternal security, preacher. Well, thank God. But he didn't give you eternal security to go and, and live in the world and live in a mess. That great blessing of eternal security, don't you think you'd want to serve him any mo even more? And more? But he puts it back in my hands. He says, all right, I give you a needle. I'm going to give you a thread. And I'll give you some time, Aaron. You know the days that God does give you, he doesn't give you to serve self, he gives you to serve him. He's been giving it to you much in Sunday school. The Lord gives you tomorrow, it's not for you to make another dollar, it's for you to serve him. And if you make another dollar, you make it for his honor and his glory. Whatsoever you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, you do to the glory of God. And he put that needle and that thread back in there and said, all right, now, I don't want you showing up here with nothing. I don't want you showing up in front of me. You know what happened to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3? You know in Genesis chapter 2, they're naked in the garden and they're not ashamed? Because in Genesis chapter 2, they haven't fallen yet. God created Adam perfect, and he brought Eve out perfect, and they're in that perfect environment. And although they're naked, God didn't see them that way either. He had the covering of God. You know they weren't just naked like you and I think. They were covered. You know what covered them? Light covered them. What a time, man. What a time. There's going to be a time when there's no more darkness. It's all light. Well, they were in that light, man. They had the covering of light. And then sin happened. And when they sinned, and now they're in the garden, and the Lord shows up to them. Adam says to Eve, hey, listen, we ain't a covering here. We're naked. Now they saw themselves different than 227. And you know what they were? And this is what I believe the terror of the Lord could be. Who were they meeting in that garden? God. God was showing up to see them. God was showing up to fellowship. Hey, Adam! Adam! Why is Adam afraid? He's afraid because they're naked. Maybe you show up at the judgment seat of Christ hadn't sewn your garment and you lived your life for you down here and you did nothing for the Lord and I'll get to all that passages in the next weeks that tear will be like Adam's they were trying to hide from God what'd you do Adam why why you why did why are you showing up like that I don't want to show up that way. So he puts it in your hands. Gives you control. You can either choose just stay to serve the Lord for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. Or I'll just choose to live my life the way I want to live my life. Saved. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God for eternal security. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I love that doctrine and everything else. Eh, you know. Can I just tell you everything else matters? But he puts it back there for you. 
lets you control your destiny when it comes to your rewards and your garments. I'll just give you these thoughts. We'll, we'll go home. Can I just maybe just challenge us tonight? We are living for ourselves. Quit living for yourself and start living for him. Well, preacher, I got my life to live. You only have life because he gave you life. You know he gave his life so you can have life. Well, preacher, I got all this ahead of me. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I try to include God. God's not an inclusion. He should be everything. Why well, include him when I can? No, 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 no. You need him all the time. Maybe tonight you've been, well, preacher, I've been saved a long time. I don't know. I'm trying to search my heart right now and maybe search and know, do I have anything up there? That's a great thought. Do you have anything up there right now? Have you laid up anything up in heaven up there? Do you have any rewards waiting you? Do you have any crowns waiting you? Are you sewing your garment? Do you have any kind of stitches at all that will cover you when you get there? Have you done anything? What are you trying to do? I'm just trying to make us think towards that day. It's the most important day in your life after you're saved. Why? Because you're going to have all of eternity that way. That little short vapor of life you got down here, you think so important, I got to get everything accomplished down here, do everything I can, knock off my bucket list down here before I kick off the thing. No, you got time to serve Jesus Christ. Will the Lord be able to say about you? I remember, it's been a long time now, almost 25 years, coming up 25 years. But I can almost remember like yesterday when the doors opened in the back on my wedding day. Man, you can maybe take your mind back to that day possibly. But I remember that day when the doors opened up in the back and her dad stepped out and Julie stepped out. And I saw her arrayed in that white dress, covered. And I didn't cry, right? I don't know. Maybe I did. But I can just remember how beautiful she was arrayed. And watch her walk down, knowing that I get the privilege to marry her. You know, someday the door's going to open. And you're going to step out. And the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to be there. Maybe they'll open the doors. And there I am. Will I look as beautiful to him as she did to me? Will I be arrayed so the Lord looks at me and says, well done. Well done. Well done, Aaron. Lord, I'd open the doors and just be my life exposed from down here that all I lived for was myself. Still in heaven. Still in the body. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Lord, those are the days we look forward to. That's the day we're living for, Lord, when we go home. When we go home to heaven. We must all stand. We're saved. We're going to stand there. But, Lord, on the other side of that thing, Lord, if there's anyone in this room is lost, has never received Jesus Christ as their Savior, they won't be at that judgment. That's not where they'll stand. The rapture would happen, and they're still alive when the rapture happens, and they never received Jesus Christ. They'd be right here. They'd be right here. And then, or someday they would have to stand at a great white throne. It doesn't have to happen that way, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, right now. Put you in a place, put you in a church that preaches the Bible, preaches the truth, preaches the gospel to you. Spirit of God's there and, and working on you, drawing you to the Lord. Saying, hey, listen, that preacher's telling you the truth. He's telling you the truth. He's got no, no skin in this thing at all for himself up there. He's not up there just telling you something that he wants. He's telling you for your good. You need to listen. You need to listen. What he's telling you is the truth. You must be born again. I'll ask you again tonight. I'll ask it this way. Maybe there's someone in this room. I remember at the age of 1985, on a winter night, January, February, right there in Central Lake, Michigan, right after Awana, Lord got on my heart. I didn't want to go to hell. I knew I was a sinner. Preacher gave an invitation. I went forward with him there, and after that meeting there, he pulled over a metal chair, Two metal chairs, sat them right in front of that window right there in Central Lake, Michigan, Bible Baptist Church, right in that kitchen. Richard Frisky sat in this chair. I sat in this chair. He opened up a Bible, showed me from the Bible, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said, yes, sir, I'm a sinner. He said, call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth and show me what I do to be saved. I said, I want to do that. I remember bowing my head, confessing myself a sinner, and asked God to save me that night. And that night, he saved my soul. And I never have feared going to hell since then. Have I lived right ever since then? No, but I tell you what, I thank God I know where I'm going when I die. And since that moment, I've been sowing my garment. I've been laying my rewards up there. I've been trying to lay those treasures up in heaven from the time I was 10 years old. Now I'm almost 50 now for the last 40 years. God's given me an opportunity for that day when we all appear. But I thank God I got saved. How about you? Do you have that testimony tonight? You might not know the hour. You might not know the day. But do you know there's a time in your life when you bowed your head and asked Jesus Christ to save you? Maybe you're in this room and you say, Preacher, I've never done that. There's never been a time in my life when I've done that. But I certainly don't want to go to hell. I certainly know I'm a sinner. I believe what God says. I believe the Bible. And I believe, Lord, I can be saved. And I want to be saved. And I want to be saved tonight. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I wouldn't call you. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. I'd pray for you. Just preach. I, 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 man, if I died right now, I, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. But I want to know for sure. I want to know. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. You can know tonight. Anybody in this room? Anybody? How about it, Christian? How about it? How often do you think about that day when you're going to appear at that judgment seat? You think about it? Is it what you live for? It should be what you live for. It should dictate how you live, who you live for. 
not living for yourself. You want to live for Him. You're not living for you to get glory. You want Him to get glory. You want Him to use your life. Lord, here's my life. I'll lay it down, Lord. I surrender it to you. What's this, uh, What song you got, Bob? 550 in your hymnal. It's a good song. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He calls softly. He calls tenderly, but he's calling you. You can stand with Brother Jared. 550. Listen, if you're...